back, everybody. Uh, this is RFK Refugees. This is one of your co-hosts, John. Uh, the other one is Ted is off doing something. I'm not sure what he's doing. But we're here today with Zoltan Stieber. Uh, Zoltan, a, a fan favorite in his time here at the club. And I wanted to appreciate him uh, joining us from uh, pretty far away. Six hours difference, I believe, from where we're at right now. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. Man. So thanks for that. I appreciate it. Um, just for those, maybe if you're a super new fan in the last year and a half, maybe, and you don't know sort of the story for Zoltan. Zoltan joined the club the same time as Paul Ariola, Russell Knauss, Bruno Miranda. I think it was all the same day. I think you guys were all announced on the same day at RFK. Uh, I, and I, the funny story there is I think I remember it was you and Paul. I, I saw you guys walking up the, in the, you know, in the very rickety uh, staircases up to the, like the owner's box or whatever, like the, the nice, the luxury boxes at RFK. I think I saw you guys walking up there before you got announced. And I was like, I think those are the new players. Um, but that was in August of 2017. Played for the team for three years, uh, 44 appearances, scored six goals, recorded eight assists. Um, but, you know, I, I brought up the fact that we're going to have you on the show, and I got a lot of interest for people who want to ask questions. So you clearly made an impact in your time here. So, again, thanks for joining. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course. So let's get let's get started, at least as it pertains to the people who listen to this show. What brought you to DC? What what was the what was the opportunity presented to you that made you think that this is somewhere you wanted to try? At the time, I was in in Germany for a long time, like almost uh, I think it was nine and a half years, and and uh, in that time, I I felt you know I need I need uh, a change in my career, um, and uh, yeah, DC showed interest in me and. Uh, we we started to talk about the the future and and uh, uh, for a possible um, transfer and yeah it it worked uh, really well and and I got the, got the contract offer from from DC United so uh, in the end I took it and uh, it was one of my best decisions in in, in my career um, I really enjoyed the, the time there I was it was it was two years not not three I think. You said three. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it was it was only two, uh, but it was a very good time, and and uh, I will never forget. I think in uh, like never, never, I will never forget these two years. It was it was really really good. I made some some friends uh, for life, and and it was a great experience. Along those lines, uh, this was I was going to talk about this later, but from your Instagram account at the time, it seemed like you really enjoyed living in the city. Like you did the tourist thing, you were out and about, sort of seeing all the things that you know you would see when you visit. Uh, what was your favorite thing to do, and how did you how did you enjoy living in the city after being in Germany for for ten years? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I lived in the um, in the city, so uh, also I had the time to to walk around and. Uh, Basically, I never really used my car, only only to training and 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 back. Uh, and after that, I I, I was walking and uh, and uh, using bikes and uh, scooters. So um, I I made uh, quite lots of experiences in 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 these two years and um, lots of uh, we went to lots of restaurants, nice uh, different kind of restaurants uh, with my friends um also with with some some of the teammates um so it was it was really good so you were you uh, you know all that time in germany you were used to some probably uh well i know for sure excellent public transportation options uh and i don't know i don't i'm i'm, I'm remembering now what how the dc metro probably stacks so you were I, I assume you were staying above ground for the most part you were you were availing yourself of the cool the lime scooters and the and the bikes and stuff I just, I just think that there, if if I was ever to compare two places that have more, like Germany just has it really, really well figured out in most of the cities. I'm not sure about in every city where you were playing, but for the most part in the major metropolitan areas, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's about as good as it gets from my yeah. experience. DC, maybe not as much, but they're trying. I think it's, I think that, <laughs> I think they're trying to, I think they're trying to make it better, but the Metro is, does not compare. Um, so let's talk more about uh, on the field. So, um, how did you feel when you, when you got there, you were, we were, was at the end of the RFK, um, experience for the team and the fans. I think you guys still had to train there though, uh, after, yeah. after you moved. So yeah, no, so you didn't, you didn't fully escape the, uh, the wonderful, uh, training rooms and, and, uh, and turf mm -hmm. fields over there. But how did you feel when you joined, how did you feel that your style of play fit with the team 
you know, right, right from the start, from the, the players that were on the roster, the coaches, the league, like, how did you feel you fit in as you started training with the team and, uh, and started playing games with them? Yeah, I think it was, was quite, quite good. Uh, I really enjoyed the trainings and obviously it was a different, uh, um, tactical wise, like in Germany, we, we had, uh, lots of tactics, uh, about the game and, uh, obviously about the, the opponents. Uh, also in DC, uh, so the guys did a very good job there. Also, the coaching stuff, um, but it was a little bit different. Obviously, with the uh, with the lots of traveling, especially in the uh, in my second in in my first full season. Uh, so I, as you mentioned, I came uh, in August. Um, it was two thousand seventeen, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so obviously it was a, only a couple of months left in, in that season and the team didn't qualify for the for the playoffs. But uh, but but the next season, that was my full uh, season from the start. And um, in that in that year we got we got the new stadium. Um, and obviously it was planned that the first half of the season we play uh, most of the games away. Uh, on the road, so you really got you really got the United States uh, traveling experience there. All that's condensed. Right. <laughs> that was a great start yeah. for you. Yeah, that's right. It was obviously uh, I got I had to had to get used to it. Uh, it was not not easy. Uh, also, before before the games, we were traveling like sometimes five six hours on the plane. Obviously, you don't have this this kind of traveling uh, in Europe before a, before a game. So obviously that was that was different, but I, I got used to it and and I enjoyed uh, these kind of um, journeys with the team, with, with my teammates, and um, we had a lots of fun. So it's a different experience, but but yeah, as I said, uh, uh, it was cool, you know. I would say there's nothing to give you a better picture of how geographically large this country is is probably having to fly commercial for five hours and go and then go play a game on the side of the country i gotta imagine that's you're like okay this is <laughs> this is different for me for sure um speaking along those lines sort of what was the biggest culture shock moment for you you mentioned the the differences in training and i think i heard, I've, I've read a number of uh, interviews with players that come from from different environments and, and over there there's much more uh you know more tactical conversations about what the other team's going to do, what you're going to do, and and maybe the American style, or at least when you were here uh, at DC United, was much more about you know mentality and, and you know training for individual performance and and getting to know your teammates, but not so much like here is here's a tactical thing we're going to do for the first thirty minutes of this game. Here's how we're going to go from there on. Like it's it's different. But other than that, what was did you did you have any like you know, big culture shock moments, either with the team um, in MLS or even just you just living over here, something that really sort of just sort of blew your mind. So obviously, as, as I mentioned, you know, it was um, this traveling stuff was was really uh, different. Um, uh, and obviously, like also in Germany, like obviously I'm coming from Hungary and and uh, with the nationalities, like lots of different nationalities uh, uh, in the team, you know, in, in, in the uh, also in the in the in the country in the city, uh, so that was not not really a big difference for me. Uh, I I love to to meet new people, you know, and and um, to meet different cultures. And everybody had his story, and and obviously um, that made me also better to to hear uh, the experiences from from different guys and and. Uh, yeah, but the big, the biggest culture shock, uh, if I can say that, that 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 the traveling was, um, uh, be, like before the games, you know. Yeah, and I and I guess too, when I think about the the players that have had the hardest times, they're not usually on the continent. Like you, you, you know, you played in you played in England for a while. You 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 traveled around a lot. So, like you said, you're, you know, more worldly than some of the players that maybe have have you know come from very small villages and then get thrown in the middle of the Washington DC. It's a, it's a bit different. It's a, you, you've got a bit more uh, uh, tools to handle the, the changes that'll be thrown your way. Yeah, sure. Although no one has the tools to handle that travel. That's uh, that, 
no, no preparation for that. Yeah, but obviously it was also a big thing that um, when I really uh, thought about it like deeply that yeah, I'm, I'm playing in, in the capital of, of the United States, you know, it's, uh, it's also a big thing. And um, um, yeah, I'm really proud of that, you know, and also lots of friends of me, they're asking like, yeah, how was it, you know, in the capital of the, of the States and um, yeah. Uh, everybody thinks in in Hungary or most of the people they never been uh, to DC that that uh, it's a huge uh, they, they compare it to like New York you know but obviously DC is big but not 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 right. as as New York for example but um, but anyway it was it was as I said it was a great time and and uh, and I took a lot uh, away from from that time. We always wonder, you know, from being around, I, I live south of the city pretty far, um, mm. but we always wonder sort of what the perception is. And you sort of, you sort of talked about it there as far as like what, what people who haven't been in the United States think about DC. Cause when we always think about it, we think, all right, well, people are going to come here. They're going to want to go to Miami. They're going to want to go to New York. They're going to go to LA. And anything other than that, it's sort of like, you know, a mystery, I think to a lot of people, those, those are the, those are the areas that they come visit when they're, when people come in to you know, do a vacation in, in the United States and they're going to do multiple cities. Like they're going to hit those. That's, those are, that's where they're going to go first. DC is probably, you know, somewhere on the pecking order, but not near the top, I would imagine. Yeah. But. I mean, it's, uh, it's up to the people what, what they want to do, you know, in, in DC, there are also lots of uh, nice museums and, and um, there is also tradition, you know, what, what uh, what you have to do when when you when you go and visit uh, uh, the U.S. from Europe, for example, you know. So, uh, what was it's are you looking for a party? Or are you looking for to learn like to see some history? It's a different. I, I think you're right. I think it's a, depends on what you're coming for, right? It's a yeah. It's a whole different. Yeah, it's each city has something a little bit different, I guess. <laughs> um, so I, I think a question I've asked to another other players, sort of, you know, you, you know, you've you've played. Uh, Many years in Europe, you you had a lot of team, teammates that had, I'm I'm sure, sort of you know, uh, you know, either big national images or international images. But I think probably Wayne Rooney was probably the largest player that you played with. Um, I think it's the large the largest player that anybody on the team has played with, based on just sort of you know what his what he accomplished in the game and sort of where he was in his career. Granted, it was towards the end, but he was still able to to do the job clearly um, in his first year there. Uh, what was that? What was that experience like for you on the field? And you know, a lot of the things we hear off the field is that he was sort of already getting into that coach mode. He was he was very he was very much about sort of getting people, um, you know, mo- not necessarily motivated, but like just trying to keep keep a level of professionalism high in, in trainings and also the sort of talking to talking to young players. What was that experience like for you as a as a more senior player um, playing with Rooney and, and and interacting with him off the off the field as well? Yeah, sure. Uh, as you said, you you could see that he's uh, he's he was a leader already in the in the in the team, and um, he was talking with everybody. You know, like also with the young players, uh, all the ones uh, also in the in the halftime during of the game when we when we were one nil down, for example. You know, and then and then somebody had to uh, say something. Obviously, when Wayne was was saying something, everybody was was listening and. And uh, yeah, as you said, um, great career and and uh, also a nice guy. Everyone like as I said, you know, he was talking with everybody. He, he never showed that he's um, two stairs uh, above us or something. Uh, so that was really great, great character. And and uh, as we see that he's he's a coach now. Um, so yeah, amazing career he had, um, and and I'm sure also the the career uh, after the career uh, as a coach, I'm sure he will be successful as well. That was one of the things I liked most about him too. Is that when I when I would hear about the way that he acted with the rest of the team, that he would go out, you know, drinking or partying with the rest of the team. Like it was, I could have easily imagined a, a global superstar coming to coming to DC United, coming to MLS, and just sort of being like. I'm just cashing my checks. Like <laughs> I'm getting paid well here. Like I'll, I'll, I'm, I go to play and I, I'll, I'll be there in front of the fans. But for the rest of it, I'm just, you know, I'm just here. And it seemed like that was not the case. 
And well, that wasn't the, the other thing. Story, yeah. Yeah. God, well, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, that's good. That's, that was one of the reasons I think that the fans, I mean, obviously besides the fact that, yeah, he's Wayne Rooney and he also, he played really well. It's that, that you, you do not expect that sort of mentality from a, from a player of his stature. And you talked about the halftime talks. I can imagine it's hard or was hard for, for Ben to be in a position to suddenly, you know, he was, he was coached there for nine years ahead of that or eight years ahead of that. And all of a sudden have Wayne Rooney in your locker room and sort of being like, all right, well, how, what am I going to tell him? Like what, 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 what new, what new tactic am I going to drop on, on Wayne Rooney that he's going to be like, that's a good point, coach. You know, I hadn't, I had never thought Alex Ferguson never said that to me. I didn't know that that's what I should be doing. So I always, I, I always envisioned sort of that being a, an interesting dynamic, you know, in, in training at halftime, like you're saying, like, who's going to say something? Is it going to be the coach or is it going to be the player that, you know, England's all-time national leading scorer. That's that's a weird dynamic. I would have it would be a challenge yeah. to to navigate. I would I would bet. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, it was not not easy for Ben either. But uh, obviously in, in Europe also, when when uh, there is a superstar like 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 him, um, or um, like I can say also like you know when there is a, a big ego uh, like. Uh, I don't know Zlatan Ibrahimovic, for example, or <laughs> that's a or, good, or, that's a good example of that. You know, uh, also in Europe, it's not easy for coaches. So, um, in any 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 locker room, it's it's very difficult to to work with, with this kind of uh, players. But but we never never um, uh, went over the border, you know, uh, with Ben, for example. So uh, I guess uh, for Ben was also good that that. Um, that Wayne was a very good character, and and uh, he helped him a lot. For sure, if he wasn't, if he was Laton, that could have gone a different way. I think that's a, that's yeah, a good I'm, distinction to draw. I'm, I'm sure it, it would have been would have been different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so a lot of the questions I had about, and I'm gonna get to those at the end of this, is that we're talking about sort of wanting you to play more and and hoping you would be on the field more. And I feel like after you joined, there were a bunch of changes to the team, sort of a whole bunch of new players coming in. Wayne among them, but also sort of, you know, other players in your position. Uh, were you ever, were you ever given sort of, uh, you know, feedback on, you know, what, what, what the coaching staff wanted to see more of? Cause it, it was, you know, you had a, you had a really productive scoring season, your, your first full year there. Uh, and I think things sort of changed a little bit from that perspective. Did you know sort of what they wanted more of, or was it just sort of like, this is, we got a, we've got a lot of, we got a deep roster. We're trying to make the playoffs this year. We're gonna get everybody in and out. Like, what was that? What was that conversation like for you? And what were you being told about from that perspective? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, lots of different things. Uh, as you said, like new players were coming in. The, the roster was was deep. Uh, obviously, I I had a very good contract, um, um, and it was also not cleared uh, that actually I had one more one more year um, in my contract and. Uh, uh, Sorry, when you say that, was it not clear to you or to the team? Yeah, I mean, it was. It was clear for me. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Got uh, it. I think the team, the team um, was a little bit uh, in a different opinion, and obviously they didn't really uh, plan with me because of. I guess it was because of my my uh, high salary. Um, but um, yeah, so in the end, we we had. We had um, yeah a good meeting about about the uh, determination of, of the contract and and uh, everybody was was happy with the with the solution. Uh, I never I never wanted to make stress, you know. I never wanted to um, to part the ways like you know in in a in a negative way. Um, as I said, you know, I really enjoyed the the time in in the team. Uh, I made a lots of friends and and uh, yeah. Uh, I I I was happy to to stay also one more year, but but obviously it was a different difficult situation to to solve for for both sides and and um, yeah. But and I, I don't have any negative feelings. That's the that's the most important. And mm-hmm. and um, um, I will be always very happy to to go and visit visit the DC United game in the future. You know. Yeah. So yeah. I mean. You, you sort of took on a role late in that season in, in 2018, sort of like a super sub. And I think also, too, like there weren't a lot of players on the bench at that time 
you know, o- offensive players who would could change the game. And that was ob- uh, we, I talked about that on our uh, the podcast last week about sort of everyone was always from a fan perspective always yelling at Ben to make more substitutions and make them sooner. But there weren't necessarily aside from yourself, there weren't a lot of offensive game changers at the time. There wasn't. It just was it, the bench was it was differently constructed. Um, was that a part? Was that a you know you were under contract? You, like you said, you had a good contract. Um, was that role? Obviously, you would say we were gonna, you would be okay to stay another year. Were you okay with that sort of the way that you were being utilized? Less starts, more sort of yeah, opportunity to change the game for twenty or thirty minutes. Was that a was that a rough adjustment for you from where you had played previously? Um, you know, not not being in the eleven, starting off every game. Yeah, that that would have been the pro- that would not be the problem. You know, uh, if they cle- clearly. Um, we talk about that, you know, and that, that they say before the season, okay, you're gonna uh, be a sub the whole whole season, you know. Um, but I think I think we were talking about that in my in my uh, third year actually, so in my third season, mm-hmm. um, and obviously I was uh, not. So they said like I'm not gonna be a starter like the the whole season. But probably I will start most of the games or something like that, if I remember right. Um, but you know, I, I never put myself in front of the team, so I was uh, doing my job. You know, um, also I was happy to go to training every single day, and I enjoyed it uh, most of the most of the days. I enjoyed it. Uh, I have to say. Uh, so, um, but in the end, I felt you know they. They, they didn't really want to to keep me for for an extra year so um and in, in that time I, I got some offers from from Europe as well you know and the um in my mind also was the the national team that if I can play every single game again if it's in DC United or or somewhere else that could help me to get get back to the national team as well because obviously I have to say that also that um from from DC from from the United States it was not so easy because of the time difference uh, because of the traveling uh, it was not so easy to play for the national team um, because once I arrived uh, to Hungary normally four days after after the the arrival I had to play a game so always it's it's very difficult but uh, but yeah in the, in the end, we parted ways and and um, yeah, as I said, I have only only positive uh, memories about DC United. Uh, this is this this came up. I was doing a little research for the show. Did you know this is I just this is an article that came out I think like two months ago that your your jersey was one of was uh, given by the president of the United States to Victor Orban and they valued it at seventeen hundred dollars. So it's very cool. It's a very, it's very cool. And the, because the gifts have to be reported, I guess to the, I guess to like a national thing. So this is just a, a matter of record that that's that's what your jersey should fetch, and that's what the president <laughs> gave to your, your prime minister. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. I, I oh, cool. All right. I, I mean, didn't know I, if that. I don't know if that was like he just bought it. He just like got it from the team and just did it and no, didn't no, need no. to know about it. I, I I even signed it. So I I I remember, I, I remember just, this. I was curious. It was cool. It was it was a great story and. And uh, also, our prime minister is a big football fan, and and uh, yeah, it was it was great. Uh, so I want to quickly get to some questions from uh, from fans. So this is from uh, this is from Reddit. Uh, he just first he wanted to say he wanted you to know that that you I mean you were a fan favorite while you were here, and he wanted to know if you felt that affection from the fans, if you felt connected, obviously a little bit easier than when you could actually have fans in the stadium. So <laughs> you could actually, you know, feel it a little bit. Um, <laughs> so here's the, here's the, also his question. And, you know, this is directly from him. So what w- was there anything that could have gone differently while you were here? And, and you kind of alluded to this. Do you, th- do you think that uh, your contract coupled with Ben's system created uh, unrealistic expectations for him from the franchise. So that's like, that's the perspective outside. You know, we don't get to know sort of the conversations that go on, but it just sort of felt like, particularly in your third season, that that change happened. So did, did, is there anything that, 
it was the contract and it was sort of the team, but is there anything else that could have changed that sort of maybe could have had you extend that third year or was it sort of just written, just written it was going to happen the way it was going to happen? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, as I said, you know, um, in that, in that time, I felt that, um, that um, I didn't have um, enough chances. I didn't get enough chances in my, in my last year. And, and uh, that was always that that the team doesn't want to to keep me for the next season and and um, it was also connected i think with the with the contract situation obviously the about the details i i, I cannot talk but True. but um, but yeah um, it was connected and and uh, maybe it was written like that that i uh, that the journey ends or the ended there uh or the has or has to end there but um yeah um what was your he also wanted to know what your favorite moment was with the team so in your time here was something stick out either a game or something either in training or just with the the guys what what for you was the thing you take away most as this is like this is the top memory well, there is lots of lots of memories like now maybe the 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 one memory that, that comes in mind that, uh, that the first game in in the in the Audi field and in the new stadium, I think I gave you assisted on that, didn't you? Were you? I think the, I gave did you assist Jamil? Uh, yeah, I think you did too. Jamil and and I think also I think Paul scored the third goal, uh, if I'm right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I gave two assists and had a quite good game. Um, but obviously my goals, um, sure. Like, uh, I see a lot of videos also in, um, on Instagram on, and, and on different, different kind of, uh, social media sites that also the, the, the goal from Wayne, you know, when, when he scored from, uh, from our half. Um, so there's, a, there's a lots of mem- memories also, uh, the preseason, uh, in, in Florida, um, in February, you know, there's lots, lots of different memories. What I, what I uh, take home, and, and I'm never gonna, never gonna um, uh, forget them. So, yeah, and also the away trips. You know, it, it was, it was kind of different uh, before the the new stadium was ready. We were traveling a lot, and um, yeah. Ten days in LA, for example, you know, we played I think two games. It was lots of bonding time. So much yeah. bonding time with these guys. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was really good. It was really good. Uh, Blake Swartles from Twitter said he wanted to know he wanted to know if you learned anything new about your game while playing uh, in MLS or for DC United. Yeah, you know, um, after nine and a half years in Germany. Um, Obviously, I enjoyed that that uh, nine and a half years years as well. But it was very serious, you know. And also in in in, in the MLS was very serious. But but uh, I learned that I, I I had to enjoy more um, uh, the football, the soccer, uh, the life, you know. Uh, so it was, as I said, one of my best decisions in my in my career to to go to DC United and, and, um, and get to know a little bit the, uh, the American mentality and, uh, how, how they, um, deal with football, how they, uh, they react on different, different situations and, and the mentality, you know, sometimes we, we lost a game and, and, um, obviously it's different in Germany and different in every, every culture, in every, every country, uh, how, how they deal with, the um after a game when we when we lose so i i take that home for sure that um yeah soccer football we call it football in europe uh it's one of the the best thing in in life and and obviously for me it's one of the best thing but but not the most important the most important is to be happy and and be healthy um and uh, i I realized that a little bit more in 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 in, in DC that um, after a game when we when we lost in Chicago, for example, um, you know the next day was a new day and and uh, we were just happy to 
to do what we can what we can do what what uh, we are able to do every day play soccer but as i said you know that's not the not the most important thing i think i think that sometimes people get the wrong idea about that Fan, i think fans <laughs> get upset when they hear about players coming to mls and being like it's it's not it's not as it's not as it's not as crazy like right like it's not like people, but in reality i think it's healthy i think that that is actually like the number one thing that differentiates this country from other places that that players could come and play. I think of Carlos Vela. I think of, I think of Wayne Rooney. I, I saw him walking around on the street, walking from an interview towards Audi Field. He was not being mobbed. I saw him. I just gave him a head nod. I didn't. I didn't. You know, ruin his life. I gave him some space. Yeah. And I think that that's actually. I mean, that seems like, that's that's the health. That's like a healthy way to live. And it's probably good that you can lose a game and and flush it and then go to the next day and try to just improve versus like maybe just I don't know I don't know what the vibe is like in a locker room in the Bundesliga after you lose I assume it's maybe a little bit <laughs> maybe a little bit more circumspect maybe a little bit more dour I don't know but I think this is maybe the better way to be I'm biased but yeah I mean it's I, for me uh it was very very good to experience both you know um sure like you said a good change after maybe you know nine yeah. and a half years I think that's yeah. I think that's Reasonable. Um, oh, another question. So I think I, maybe you will have known this was coming. Um, the the people love the celebration on Twitter. I think that was a, that was instantly. You did it in the game, and I was like, oh, the gifts are all over the place. And uh, this person wanted to know your explanation for it, and he's never been able to figure it out if if he started it or if the fans started it or if everyone is just big dude where's my car fans. I feel like if I'm, if I'm remembering the timeline. I feel like, did you do it before you came here? Was it? Was it? Did you bring that with you? Of course, for the people who don't know, we're talking about this celebration. Yeah. Uh, but is that, did that did you bring that with you, or did that come after uh, after something else? I think some some. I think I seen someone uh, doing it, you know, and maybe on Twitter or or Instagram or somewhere. And uh, yeah, after that, that I started it, so I didn't bring it. Um, with me from so it was a it was a community thing it was a community it was a grassroots yeah. yeah yeah but it was it was great because um when i met the fans you know after the games or or um um or before the games you know or after training or something um they showed me that you know and then we we connected directly so it was a great great uh, thing for sure well zoltan i appreciate you taking the time and i do want to say uh, all the people that you know wrote in wanted wanted to tell you how much that they enjoyed your game and and while you were here sort of what you brought to the team uh and i i just wanted to say that as well as well myself um thank you for uh, your your time here also good luck to you as your as your you know as your career continues in hungary i saw i saw that you guys are are you in the final for the the league cup for your domestic cup is that what's semi-finals yeah, we didn't semifinals? yeah yeah well, good luck. Good luck with that. Thank hope you. you hope you guys make it to the final win. And, 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 you know, thank you again for joining us. I appreciate it. Hey, folks, before we get back into the show, just wanted to give a quick plug for our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash RFK refugees. If you are enjoying the show and want to help us out, you can go to the website and donate. Not only do you get the satisfaction of helping out grow the show and make it better, uh, you also get access to your own private feed for the podcast, even your own private RSS feed that you can then hook up to your podcasting app. That means you'll get first access to the interviews like this one we're doing right now and other shows as well. So please, please go to the website, patreon.com slash refugees and donate today. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RIP Refugees podcast. Ted here. I have rejoined the show John is also with me. He is still here. He never leaves. I never he just, left. He just I just stays. changed clothes, though. So it's uh... <laughs> he, he he changed clothes to spite me. He did. He, it was purely to spite me. Don uh, Donovan Pines were joined by the show. We should introduce you guys first. Donovan Pines, welcome to the show. No Thanks problem. for joining us. Before we get into our our internal uh, wardrobe dis- disputes, uh, I think it's probably it, polite to introduce the guests. I think. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it is definitely polite to introduce the guests and also just to let uh, John is wearing a Ford Madison shirt. I live in Richmond. I'm a Richmond oh. Kickers fan. There is the there is the Henny Derby. It's real, and uh, he he wears these just to make me upset and interact with the team. Apparently, so. I do. Oh yeah, they they they. I think they DM the the show account. They they love it. I think that listen, if Richmond did a drip kit, I I like these colors. So I'm I'm a free agent. <laughs> I'm a free agent. 
Anyway, let's uh, let's get to the thing that people actually want to hear about. <laughs> Donovan, yeah, let's, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll I'll get us started. So, Donovan, yeah. uh, thank thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, let's get let's get started talking about uh, last year. I think that uh, it was a wacky year, but I think it was a great opportunity for you to get a lot of minutes, and you got a lot of on the job sort of as a starter coming in for injured players, just getting in the rotation. You got a lot of experience this year, more than you did probably uh, in the previous year. How do you think, you know, deal, you know, obviously dealing with a lot of overcoming a lot of challenges, how do you think that helped your development going forward? Um, I think just being confident. For me, I think I need to get more games and show that I could play at this level. And so I had to keep on saying to myself, you know, I can play at this level. I need to get more chances. I got to keep showing that I can play against the best strikers, best, you know, midfielders, defenders, and, you know, even, you know, score on the front end and help our team, you know, win and um, get to the next uh, stage in uh, the season. So um, last year I was really blessed to get a lot of time and, you know, you know, things happen um, randomly and, you know, they said, okay, Donovan, you're going to step in for this role. And I said, I took it with, you know, a full head of steam and said, okay, I can do this. And first it started with the Cincinnati game. Then, um, you know, I just kept going through each game and then Steve came back um, and, you know, it was, you know, really unfortunate how he got injured again. And so I was like, okay, this is another chance for me to show what I can do. And I was able to play out the whole rest of the season and, you know, almost get that playoff, uh, you know, push, but, um, you know, hopefully we'll, you know, start on a really good slate from the start of the season. So we don't have to fight our way at the end of the season. Cause I felt like a lot of guys were pushing so much and, you know, we ran out of steam at the last minute because, you know, it was kind of a life, you know, uh, survival of the fittest kind of thing with um, where we were in the standings. So uh, hopefully, you know, I pray that we start on a good slate, be consistent and win games from the front so we don't have to, you know, um, uh, work really hard in the postseason. Yeah, decision day is fun and all, but let's make it slightly less exactly, stressful. Exactly. Right? I feel like it was stressful <laughs> for all everybody. the fans, my family, you know, everyone watching, even the players. So it was just a crazy day. I like, you. I like this other plan. That's a good yeah. plan. Um, you also scored your first three goals in the last months of the season last year. Should we be putting big money down for you in the new sports book for Golden Boot? Is that is that a, is that a strong bet? What do you hey, think? Uh, I mean, first I'm a team player, so I'm a team player first. So I want to do the best for the team. Um, at the end of the day, yes, I want to score as many goals as possible if I get those chances. Um, but you know, I just got to focus on what uh, Coach Anand wants me to do as a defender in our system and solidify my defensive role. And if they need me to score, then I got to be that guy. Um, and hopefully, you know, I'll get uh, my goals to get five goals this season, maybe even more. And um, hopefully I, I pray that I can, you know, get to the next level. Um, and so I just got to keep trusting the process, keep trusting what they tell me and do my job. I don't think Speaks. he'll mind if you do. I think I think the system allows you to score as many goals as you want on corners. Right. I think he's I think. He's yeah, yeah that. that's what yeah, he said. I got some design plays for you. So I was like, OK, awesome. Awesome. On, on corner kicks, I, I used to tweet out aim for Shinovsky's head because he was always like one of the big, one. bigger, taller players, and that and that was replaced with aim for mm-hmm. Pines's head. Just, just right aim there. right there and just, <laughs> just, right, just load it up, and I'll just go get it. <laughs> Exactly. Um, speaking of next level, uh, you uh, you got some uh, some national team attention. You uh, made the preliminary roster for the U twenty three team. Did, didn't uh, didn't make it for the qualifying, uh, but I, I have to think that kind of gave you a boost. Um, obviously, Japan Olympics are coming up. Um, did you have a, a many talks with Jason Christ? Uh, have you kind of maybe set that as a goal for this year that if you if you make enough appearance and make enough starts that you can maybe make that uh, make that Olympic squad yeah, in Tokyo? I mean, uh... I really wanted to make that qualifying squad because they're playing right now or uh, soon against Mexico. So I'm going to definitely watch that game. But, you know, I, I try to not dwell on the fact that I didn't get picked. You know, there's so many guys out there, you know, in the, you know, in America. And then there's a European Americans that some of them weren't picked. And so you just have to say, wow, you know, I was blessed to be picked for camp and for the 23 camp and the conjoined uh, men's national team camp. And so, of course, you know, I'm competitive and I really wanted to make that team for the qualifiers, but I have to say, you know, just keep working hard um, and, you know, keep showing what I can do um, on the field and what I can do, you know, scoring wise and with my skills and hopefully I'll be invited back. So I, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated the fact that I didn't get picked, but I know that things happen for a reason. So I'm just going to keep proving myself and keep showing that I can uh, play at this level and the next level. You gave me a perfect transition to my next question, Donovan. Uh, something that stood out to me in your first media availability right after right after you signed mm-hmm. was that you seemed very mature, like super mature. Mm-hmm. And you had, 
uh, you're ready to mentally compete with with grown with grown ass men. In yeah, this now, now, as, now as I have a, a beard bullies right now, so I'm just, yeah, I'm, <laughs> you're I'm growing. Into, you're right in there. You're fitting yeah. in. Is is that mental strength a part of your game that you feel is especially strong and something you've you you know you, you came mm-hmm. with it right from the start? But do you feel like that's really been a major part of the way you've been able to grow into the league and do well? Yeah, I think it was the process of me transitioning from college and doing well in the college realm and being one of the best defenders there. Um, and, you know, winning a national championship just made me so much more confident than I already was. So going into my rookie season, I felt like, okay, you know, I deserve to be here. Um, I'm ready to go. I feel, you know, positive and I felt like, you know, I was ready to go, but then I had some injuries and stuff was happening and I had to regain my confidence. But, um, as for, you know, my third season, I've seen, you know, all these games, there's different types of games that I've played and, um, you know, different types of players. And I felt like I, I've grown in the way and understanding how the game is played in the MLS, um, you know, different formation styles. And now I'm growing in the confidence that, you know, I can play in all these different styles, which means, you know, I can play against all these different opponents. So I started gaining confidence more and more um, in the different styles we were playing and we were doing well. And, you know, the games weren't, you know, 4-0, but we were scoring, maybe it was 2-0, maybe it was 1-1, maybe, you know, it was close. So I felt I I kept gaining confidence in the fact that okay we can play it against these guys they're you know professional players on good teams like the Union I think we almost I think we tied them last season in the second game uh, at home and it was like a battle and it felt really good because that was one of the best teams in the league and I felt you know comfortable uh, playing against them and I felt confident and um, you know I just wanted to keep growing and I wanted to beat them but and I scored in that game but I felt um, you know I was kept growing as a player. And uh, hopefully I was going to transition that to this year. And hopefully that will that will be the case. And hopefully I can lead this team um, and do something special. And uh, I'm trying to be a leader for the homegrowns as well, as I guess I'm going to be the second oldest homegrown. So I'm 23. Uh, you got Griffin, you got Moses, you got Kevin, you got Jacob Green, you got all these youngsters. And hopefully I can lead them in the right direction um, to get where we need to be. Speaking speaking of your of your development, um, I think for a lot of fans, uh, you know, especially hardcore DC United nerds mm-hmm. like me, uh, it was really exciting that as much as I I missed being able to watch DC talent here in Richmond, um, I'm sure it was a, it was a pretty great thing to have for uh, DC to have a professional squ- uh, professional squad. I'm sure you would love to to go right into the first team and and play games, but I, I'm you know right when you signed your contract. But I mean, I'm sure it had to feel good to at least know that you, regardless, you, you had a place where you could get games where you could get professional mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, what did sort of those first few games, uh, I guess with Loudon, what, what value do you think those had sort of in your development as well, a player? I, you know, I knew that um, I was competing for a spot, but I knew I had to get time at the, you know, USL level to gain trust in Ben and Ben had to trust me in the fact that he put me on the field and I could do my job. So I played, I think about like three or four games in the USL played with Loudoun United, did really well. Uh, I think we tied our first game in uh, club history, uh, did really well that game. And I just kept playing consistent and I showed my dominance in the air, um, you know, my defending and everything else, you know, followed suit. And um, I got my first start against Colorado um, and Ben trusted me to play. And I think we, I think we tied that game. I'm not sure, but I know I got my first assist that game. Um, I didn't let, you know, one of the, the players that I watched growing up, Kai Kamara. Um, so it was cool to play against him and shut him down. And I was just like, wow, I'm playing against, you know, Kai Kamara, unbelievable attacker, striker, whatever you want to say. But, um, you know, I, it was pretty cool that I could, you know, play against him and do well. And that was my first starting game. So um, it was important that I got those minutes at the USL to prove myself. And it made me more confident in the fact that I could play at the MLS level in my first start. Speaking of which, Kai Kamara should be on an MLS roster right now, right? You would say? I would think so. I mean, he's not. not. He's not. I know he was on Minnesota, right? He was. He's a free agent. Jeez, we should have picked. He's he's nowhere right now. So I was just that that just popped in my mind when you're talking about how challenging it was to play against Dang, him. John. Anybody just, can go just, get him. Just call just call Dave. Call that, Dave. Call Dave. Like, hey, he should. I agree. We'll 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 send a DM to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Um. You mentioned Ben. I, I want to talk about Ben for a second. What did it mean? What did what did having Ben Olsen as your first professional coach mean to your career at DC United? What did you learn from him um, as he was as he I was? I think here? he was a really 
you know, great coach and player coach and the fact that, you know, he, you know, listened to us and, and he talked to us about, you know, the game tactics and he let us, you know, just figure stuff out on our own. And it kind of um, made me grow as a player and as an individual, um, he made me figure stuff out. But if, if I was understanding something, um, he would, you know, step in and try to, you know, you know, fix what uh, whatever I was um, screwing up. But, you know, he was really, you know, vocal in the fact that he would, you know, talk to me um, after and during practice to make sure I was on the same page as him and just kept learning from, you know, a great, you know, DC United player, a former DC United player. So um, I was really blessed to be um, under his, you know, uh, care um, as a, you know, rookie and as a young player in the league. And um, it was really fun to play, uh, uh, you know, represent him um, in the club. And uh, I think it was, you know, just a blessing to, you know, play with him. So uh, obviously now we, we have we have a new leader, uh, Hernan Lasada. Um, I guess what what first maybe um, excited uh, fans about him was his was his sort of commitment to playing sort of attacking soccer. Uh, but I can imagine as a defender, you're, you you hear quotes like "I'd rather win game six uh, five than one nothing," being like, uh, "Coach, yeah, we can win MLS Cup winning game six five, but I'm a, I'm a defender. Can yeah. we get some some yeah. shutouts in there? Um, how do you how do you sort of feel about uh, you know I I don't know if Ben was necessarily opposed to attacking soccer, but he definitely had a more it, it, I'm, I'm going to put the team out there. We're going to be compact defensively. We're, we're not going to make mistakes. How does it sort of feel for you as a defender? Uh, and, you know, give us some of your impressions on Hernan to sort of have a change of pace. He talks about vertical, playing mm-hmm. attacking. How has that been um, so far? Yeah, that's, that's a very, very intriguing que- question. Uh, so I guess, so for Coach Hernan, we really want to focus right now on pressing, um, you know, our lines, the three backs. So the midfield is going to be very open in the fact that one of the defenders has to step in and, you know, step to a striker or a midfielder so they can close the space. And so we, we can capitalize on, you know, getting that ball back quick and play vertical passes so we can um, basically get an attack in the final third quickly so the defense isn't kind of, they don't adjust to it. And then we can just, you know, do what we want in the final third. So um, he really wants us to play vertical passes, um, be very aggressive on defense and recover the ball and go forward. That's what we're mainly um, working on. Um, in you know in preseason right now and uh in the next coming weeks we're going to start working on playing out the back and um you know finding different outlets uh, from the back but right now we're just trying to you know press uh get as many you know people forward as possible and try to you know we have i guess you know fast back so we can recover the ball then keep it then circulate it and then find the um open passes on the wings and um and to the strikers so uh that was that's basically what we're learning right now for coach uh hernan's uh formation he's a yeah like a three five two um and um for for ben it was specifically you know we were playing you know uh four back um consistently and um you know i for me i played a four back all my life and then sometimes we transitioned to a three back and i never played a three back and that was the first time when i played um against colorado in my first game but i knew what i had to do because you know we trained all of the week leading up to it um, you know, consistently and what I had to do, you know, stay with my guy and all I had to do, you know, was stay with Kai Kamara and stay with the striker and do what I had to do and shut him down. And, you know, they couldn't get any outlets because I was shutting him down. And basically I was doing my job. And once, once I knew what Ben, you know, wanted, then I was, you know, I stayed on the field because I was doing my job. And then I knew once I, you know, screwed up. And I remember I did that in um, the game against the union. I think we lost like, like four, two, and it was kind of interesting that like, you know, I thought I was fouled. I was like pulled down and on, the guy was like dribbling in and I tried to recover. And I think Bedoya cut it in and, and scored. And, um, you know, they just, then we got like a red card. It was just a terrible game. But in that game, I got subbed out. And that was kind of like my last game I played for a while because of the scoreline. And, you know, from then on, I was like, okay, at this level, I can't make any mistakes. You know, it's just something that um, in this league you can't make and it's, uh, you know, people will replace you. So um, learning from Ben, it's just, you know, you got to take your chances and don't take them lightly and don't take them for granted and do the best you can with that moment. So you try to win the moment as much as possible when you're um, when you're playing. I I think it's uh, you brought up the mistakes and I feel like that is it's it's unfortunate for defenders and for goalies. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you make a mistake, it 
usually results in a yeah. goal. Like um, um, yeah. as opposed to a midfielder losing the ball. Right. And it and it's too as a young player, you have any young player has to make mistakes mm-hmm. to learn. Like you really it's you're not gonna develop and, and iron out the deficiencies in your game and, and, and sand it off without doing right. it, right? So I, I I don't know if this is actually a question or not, but what is what's it what's it like to know that you're gonna have to go through those bumps, but also know that those bumps will probably result in a goal because of your position in the field, like as opposed to a midfielder who loses the ball, yeah. and only the people who are really really paying attention can notice, like ah oh, they lost the ball more than they should have, no goals resulted, but you know five out of ten, whatever. As opposed to a, a defender, it's like oh he lost us the game two yeah. out of ten, don't play anymore. <laughs> It's, it's crazy because, you know, as a defender, you just can't make mistakes, and that's the game. You can have the best game possible as a defender, and you make that one mistake, and only everybody remembers that one mistake. And that's the one thing that's harsh about being a defender or a goalkeeper. But the thing is, you can't think that way. You just got to do your job and just play out every, you know, tackle, every pass, every, you know, step that – it's your last, you know, so you always have to go in knowing that you hopefully will win the ball and knowing that the guy behind you got your back. So, um, you know, and, and things happen. I mean, this is, these are professional athletes. I always have to remember these guys are getting paid millions of dollars to score, score goals. And so, you know, it is what it is. They get a goal. You just got to, you know, say, okay, just move on. We'll get, we'll try to get one back. And that's kind of what happened um, last season where, um, you know, I, I, I effed up a, a pass, it deflected, went to Presbilico, Presbilico passed it. I think Aronson scored and everyone looked at me. I said, you know, I said, D-A-M, D-A-M-N. <laughs> I said that and I was like, okay, well, pick my head up. I said, okay, let me let me get back in the game. We still got time. Next thing I know, five, 10 minutes later, it's a corner kick. I head the ball, goes in the goal, tie game, you know? Um, You're like, what exactly, mistake? Right, so just it's just like, on. hey, you know, things happen. You just got to keep playing and, you know, hope, Hopefully you just keep playing hard and things will happen in your favor. So um, that's, you know, just keep growing into the game and keep getting, you know, experience and just knowing that there's always going to be another chance. And um, that's kind of how I try to, you know, think about it. And as I, you know, I'm growing as a player, you just always will get that, hopefully that chance. Um, Speaking, speaking of, of defensive plays and then, and then goals, I want you, I want you to ask me into this for me. Uh, MLS Cup final, DC United versus uh, LA. Let's say, uh, would you rather have a game-saving tackle to prevent a goal that goes on to win, or would you rather have the game-winning goal? Damn. <laughs> Both. <laughs> He's got to think uh, about it. Yeah. Um, dang, that is a crazy. Well, question. one, you get the Eddie Pope moment. Yeah, yeah, you do get the Eddie Pope moment. <laughs> Probably score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah, answer. That's the right answer. I would, the too. Goal, I would not too. The, probably not the tackle, but probably the goal. Yeah, that's how you, you get to you get free drinks with a goal. You don't get it with exactly. a slide tackle. There you that's go. Not, that's just <laughs> the way that go. goes. So uh, you're still working towards your degree at Maryland, mm-hmm. a thing your dad, the president of the university, is surely in favor mm-hmm. of. Um, what do you enjoy? This is kind of an offbeat question, but what do you enjoy most about sociology? sociology. And are the things about being a professional athlete? especially in a sport that's uh, comes you know as diverse as soccer is both in a, a geographic perspective but a socioeconomic background uh, all the different sort of walks of life that you that you come across in uh, in professional soccer do you see any of the frameworks that you're learning in school like you can apply them is it does it give you a better lens into understanding different cultures and, and different different teammates okay uh well more so we'll start here more so i want to be an environmental scientist but um i had to switch because i couldn't take the labs associated with it so, you know, I studied sociology, but now, you know, starting to learn more about the sociological perspective and, you know, other people's norms and what they go through each day. I'm starting to, you know, be more um, mindful about, you know, what's going on around me and the people I'm with and learning tendencies about them. Um, and, you know, from reading the books and going through uh, the classes associated with sociology, I'm starting to see concepts that relate to uh, the stuff that I learned, uh, the theories and, you know, concepts and understandings and readings, um, I can relate them to what's going on in my life. So it's kind of cool to, um, you know, initiate that into my everyday life. Um, so that was kind of cool how I'm, I'm starting to, you know, see that. But um, yeah, so I'm basically like four, four or three classes away from my degree for sociology. So um, I gotta keep, I gotta take this one English class that I'm gonna dread because, you know, a lot of writing and I'm not the best typer. Uh, so I'm more of a writer, you know, on piece of paper. So I gotta, 
hopefully I can uh, do that with no problem. So um, I'm dreading that, but I'm, you know, I really want to get my degree because my dad's keep keeps pushing for it because, you know, he's an academic. So um, yeah, that's, that's big. So um, yeah, but I, I also wanted to, you know, study Chinese um, and keep doing that because I was studying that in, um, in high school and I wanted to continue that in college, but there was just not enough time for it. So um, hopefully, you know, another, you know, a couple of years once, you know, I don't know, just like, I may have more time, I don't know, but I uh, hopefully I can take more Mandarin classes and uh, maybe do a, you know, a trip there and maybe, you know, do some studies there because I wanted to study some environmental science aspects um, in China, but um, I just didn't have the time uh, because soccer just got so, um, you know, I guess. You had other things, you had other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that was it, so. but those were a lot. I had a lot of, you know, um, not goals, but thoughts that what I wanted to do, but, you know, things, you know, I just got pushed to the side and, you know, now I'm living the dream, living my dream being a soccer player. And, you know, I'm, I'm really blessed to be able to do that and I'm having a great time. So. I changed my major six times and I'm not a professional hey, soccer player. So it's, okay, it's okay. Clearly it can happen. Like, do you right? like it? Do you I like was a poli set. <laughs> uh, yeah, I use it, okay, I guess. Right, I guess I use good. it. It's probably good enough. I was a poli sci major, switched to computers. Uh, but but speaking of uh, speaking of languages, uh, we got a question here from Nest Devil O Nine, uh, just asking how you. I know you, you kind of already answered the question. You're studying Chinese, but uh, yeah. I know there there was articles that were put out. A lot of the players learning oh, Spanish, yeah. taking Spanish lessons to communicate with other players. Have you uh, have you been doing any of that, or uh, how how's that? Yeah, so I actually they offered like a Spanish class my rookie season and. I was taking that after um, every session for like an hour and a half. Uh, so I was doing that. But the one thing is you got to keep practicing. So I wasn't practicing it. And so I had to, I should have reiterated it every, you know, every time after class. Um, but I, I was taking a class also during that time. So it was just like I kept putting it aside. But everybody, almost everybody on this team speaking Spanish. And it's just very hard for me to, you know, comprehend everything. <laughs> and I feel bad because that's on me. So... Um, you know, I know, you know, some phrases, but, you know, people are talking and, you know, say we're on the field and coach is talking to some of the guys and I'm just, I'm just looking at him like, you know, I just, I can't, I can't. He's going to come back. He's going to, he's going to translate course, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get, then, I'm going to get then, a second then, Yeah. Coach Hernan, Hernan's like, he's like, oh, oh and he's, then he starts speaking in English. I'm like, thank the Lord. You know, I'm just like, hey, <laughs> I'm looking around like, uh, guys, what, what, what are we doing? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, yeah, exactly. You got, the, some, you, got, you, head, you, know? yeah. uh, you got the Weston McKenney deer in the headlights look oh, when he was asked, started to ask the question in Italian, and then the guy's like, I'm gonna translate for it. He's yeah, like, Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. I want to, I wanted to mention your profile on Club 11, uh, which is great. Shout out to Pablo, friend of the show. Um, painted a great picture of you as someone who has worked really hard for the things that you've achieved. I feel like that really stood out. You talked about your ability to overcome academic challenges mm -hmm. and doing so by sheer work and determination and just outworking right. it. Um, that personality trait, you know, not just coasting on talent, applying hard work to get to, the, to, to get to your goal has served you well already. Um, is that, do you feel like that, do you feel like that's an essential skill for, for athletes and the ones that don't make it? Maybe the ones that I can, I can think of players even in DC United's history who were able to get to a certain level based on their talent alone and they weren't hard workers. And eventually you run into people that are just as good or better than you. But if you keep working, that's the only way you're going to maximize your talent. Do you think that's an essential skill for a good soccer player? I think player? an essential skill is just to be competitive, you know, in everything you do. And that's in, you know, anything you do, whether that's academically or that's sports. And so if you're competitive and with always, you know, the next guy, then, you know, you want to better yourself in every, you know, game, every training session, um, every practice, if you're going against, say, you know, a guy in your position or, who's, you know, you're battling with, you always want to be, you know, better than them. So that means you're going to start working harder. You want to, you know, better your, your craft in um, any way possible. And um, I felt like that when, um, you know, I had a player on my team growing up and we always, you know, he was really fast. I was really fast. He was a striker. I was a defender. And, you know, we'd go at each other every day and it would make us, you know, it was like iron sharpens iron kind of thing. And it made me, made him and made me even like better and better players. Um, and then there was the fact that um, he got pulled up to the next level and I stayed at my level. Even though like I felt like I was ready for that, I stayed there and that kind of made me, you know, a little angry. And that, that anger, you know, it, it can make you better or it can make you worse. But I took that and I harnessed it. You know, I got better. 
um, you know, I worked harder and I was like, okay, I know I can be on this next, uh, next level, just like this guy. And you just have to say, you know, you want to set goals for yourself and make sure that you're always striving to be the best version of yourself possible and striving for excellence. And that's kind of what my dad preached and he was really competitive and he never gave up. And, you know, what he did, he started out as like a, um, intern professor at University of Maryland, then became a professor. You know, I would sit in his classes, do my homework. Um, and, you know, year after year, kept, you know, climbing and climbing the ladder. And the next thing you know, he's the dean of the president of the engineering school. And then now he's the president. And it's just like, you know, I see that. And it's just like, it's incredible how, um, you know, much he's grown as a person, as a, as a teacher, as, you know, an individual and as a father, it's, it's incredible. So, um, you know, my dad's been a huge influence on me and same thing with my mom and, uh, you know, just going through uh, life with them just kept moving me as a person and growing me as the, you know, young man I am today. So we put a call out for, for listener questions, and I will say this is the most we've gotten back. There were some that very much read like like personal inside jokes from your friends, which I guess is what happens when you're playing around people that you... Uh, <sighs> <laughs> you went to school okay. with. I didn't include too many of them because I don't think everyone would understand them. But I, I wanted to just do a speed round with you here as, as we, you know, thank you for your time. I just want to make sure that we get through all these. Uh, at Bergwinkle says, what is your favorite aspect of Coach Lada's new system? And what has been the biggest challenge about learning this new system? Okay. I think it's uh, more so the fitness aspect because we're going to have to be really fit to play this system. Um, and uh, we're playing, you know, three, five, two. So for us defenders, we got to be really fit. We're going to be running all over the place. And plus, we got to make sure we communicate. And, um, you know, I got to make sure if I'm, you know, I'm playing the left center back row, I got to tell Joseph Mora whether he, if he can go or stay. And I, that that could determine a lot of things in the way that, you know, we, we press as a unit or we drop off as a unit. So um, it's just being, you know, I think very um, aware of those situations and very vocal. Yeah. We got another question here from, I'm assuming this is Nelson Mandrista. Uh, Nelson, Nelson Mandrista, yep. Madridista? Okay. All right. I'll, I'll try my best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you had a, a, the chance to play along aside any player from any league, who would it be and why? Uh, I would say uh, probably Virgil van Dyke, just because, you know, my favorite team is Liverpool. Um, well, yeah. See? Yeah. Great. Great jersey. See, I, I was looking. You didn't show it. This is a ver- it's got oh, Virgil okay, on the back. Go. I would Perfect. turn around. But Excellent. Go. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, I would play with him. Also, it was kind of cool. I watched him when I was young. I was, I think I was like 17. Uh, we played Southampton when I was playing with the under 23s for DC and we played uh, Southampton and he was on the team and uh, it was just cool. I was just like, wow. And he was like, you know, massive, like, and he just is like just character on the ball and just personality was incredible. And um, just, I admired him so much as a defender and it was really cool to, you know, see him, watch him play and play against him. So um, I think probably playing alongside him would be, you know, an honor, a, pl- a privilege, and a blessing, to say the least. So this is from Echeverry Magic. This guy had like nine questions, and he was like, he is he has been asking for you to come on the show, I think, for about a month and Jeez. a half. So I'm glad that you were able to make hey, thanks, it. Thanks, dog. This guy's excited. Yeah. So <laughs> and it's actually a multi-part question. <laughs> so favorite DC United game so far? What was your feeling after you scored your first non-disallowed goal? Favorite UMD memory, and will you keep number 23? That's a good question because people, I have a Ariola jersey with 13 on it. <laughs> and I have a Yao jersey with 22, and he better keep that one. Uh-huh. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to send him a note. But anyway, favorite favorite DC United game so far? Feeling after you scored your first goal that counted? And uh, favorite UMD memory? Okay, so number 23. Favorite game, it probably was... <sighs> I think it was the first the first goal. So I think it was the first goal that was not disallowed. So it was an actual goal against the Union. And just scoring <laughs> that, just my celebration, the feeling, uh, hugging Yamil because he gave me my you know first goal. And just, you know, everyone just happy for me. And I could see, you know, uh, everyone was happy for me, hugging me. Uh, I think one time someone said, oh, you look like you were about to cry. And I was just like, I don't know. I was, it was Maybe. a lot of emotions. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, everything was just incredible. Um, and then the second was, what was the second question? It was, um, uh, how is it our favorite UMD memory? Okay. Um, I probably was in the semifinal game in the NCAA tournament. So we played Indiana and I think I got the, I want to say the go ahead goal to, um, get us into the final. And I think 
I ran, I beat this guy. Well, okay, what's cool is like, I beat this guy, Andrew Gutman, and he plays for SC Cincinnati. So I beat him to yep. the ball, and um, I basically just nutmegged the keeper, and I scored, and I did some kind of somersault, which is very embarrassing to talk about. Man, yeah, oh, it, wow. it was not. It was it was it was embarrassing. It was a bad celebration. It was fun. <laughs> Everyone laughed about it, but I think that was my best memory out of Maryland. And are you gonna keep number twenty-three? I probably will. It sounds like there's a number you want. It sounds like there's maybe a number that you're, <laughs> yeah, that you're I mean, looking at. Yeah, my my defender, my number in uh, college, you know, two four. I mean, I probably will stick for twenty-three. I mean, at this point. Um, All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Jersey uh, Jersey buyers everywhere. That sounds like tepid confidence that twenty-three will be his jersey right. number in case you know <laughs> right. maybe something else happens. We'll see. All right, Donovan. Thank you so so much for for joining us. Uh, we'll let you get back to the back to the rest of the preseason and uh, best thanks, of luck guys. this Appreciate season. It. Thanks for having me. Special thanks again to Donovan Pines for coming on the show, guys. Uh, you can check us out at Patreon.com/slash/RHRefugees. Donate to the show; you get early access to the interviews. Um, also, check us out uh, at Twitter.com/slash/RHRefugees. RFQRefugees.com. We have a tailgate. A virtual tailgate, lot eight tailgate we have coming up. So go to rfqrefugees.com slash tailgate if you want to get involved with that. Uh, I'm Ted, and we will catch you guys uh, next week. Vamos.